Welcome back. We're back. This but, is, and then there was corn. And then there was corn. And there's, we're missing a person, obviously, but yep. you already know about that because you've listened to all of our previous podcasts and you pay attention to the things that we say. Exactly. You're not too drunk to understand these things. Not like we are. <laughs> so it is just uh, me, Chad, and... And me, Kevin. All right. We are me doing it up today. So uh, last week was... Old Bargetown Bonded, which has a very like rich history that we didn't really get too close into because a lot of these companies really kind of start together yeah. in a sense. You know, they were with Barton in the beginning, which was Thomas Frank Moore mm-hmm. or Moore Frank Willett uh, Distillery and things like that. So, I mean, you know, you, we, we don't go super in-depth because then we're going to cross into other bourbons. Yeah. And all in all, it's your job to figure out the history about it. We're here to tell you if, how good it is, if we like it or not, and, you know, maybe just a touch of history. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to know what these value bourbons taste like, as well as if it's worth a purchase. You know, is it a one-time purchase? Is it a, I keep that on my bar now? Yeah. You know, I think today is a good one. The Four oh, today's Roses. a keep it in the house kind of bourbon. Yeah. Uh, Four Roses, formerly known as Yellow Label. The, the artist formerly known as Yellow Label. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So they changed everything because they wanted to just be known as Four Roses rather than Four Roses Yellow Label, which does make it confusing because now you'll go in somewhere and say, I'll take Four Roses, and they go, which one? You'll go, Four Roses. Well, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. I had it just the other week. It's like, yeah, let me get a bottle of Four Roses Yellow. And the guy looked at me like I had a second head. He's <laughs> like, uh, you mean the regular one? He's like, yeah, Four Roses Gold. I don't know what they call it now. Just the Four Roses. And he four picked Roses it up. not so yellow. Yeah, he picked up the right one. He, this one? It's like, yes, just give me the liquor. I'm trying to I don't want here. your upward inflections. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, valley girl. <laughs> Is that one? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, but also the beer today is going to be Hacker Shore Oktoberfest. Yeah. So we've got some cool stuff. And I, I think we actually rated this one pretty high on the match yeah, for the last week. Like a preemptive yeah. uh, moment. And good uh, luck looking up the beer because it's spelled funny. Yes. It's German. So, so it's uh, Hacker just like you would think. But then it's Dash Shore, which is P-S-C-H-O-R-R. So yeah. it's a very like you know German word. I actually don't know the meaning of that one. Me neither. But uh, it's it's got a rich her- history in Germany, uh, including with Marzen beers and uh, Oktoberfest, which is really cool. Uh, I've really in- enjoyed this one. I've had a couple before the podcast. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. Here's to four roses. Cheers to four roses. Oh yeah. Now what I've noticed with this one is over the years. Now I don't know if it's my taste buds changing mm-hmm. or what. It's slightly gotten more medicinal. A little bit, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's just like where they're, like a new taster came in and that's just how they think it should taste or See, what. It, it kind of hits me because some days I'll take a shot of Four Roses and be like, oh, I'm going to yak now. Like, it's yeah. one shot, like it's not selling well. And that's heaven days, bonded for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or Ulfo, <laughs> Ulfo 86. Yeah. But like today I take this, I took that first sip and it's like, you know what? That's, it's. Just like water, it's, it's like bourbon easy water. It goes down easy. It do, it's not offensive. Now, what I'll say about this one, like on the last two that we've done, the seventeen ninety two mm-hmm. and the old Barstown Bond, neither of them had the body that this one does. Four Roses has a nice body, no matter what. And they have what five different yeast, ten different mash bills all together yeah. because of the yeast and the the mixes yeah, it's and a stuff. Lot. It's like ten ten different ways to do their bourbon all together. Yeah. Um, do they do? But, but the body, this is an 8 to 12 year, which is one of the oldest blends on the market as the price range it is. Uh, but the last couple were soft on, or light on the palate, but a lot of flavor going on. Mm-hmm. Where I think this one doesn't have as much complexity. Not at all. It's, it's a very flat bourbon. It's, well, it is flat. It's not quite one dimensional, but it's almost there. Yeah. It definitely has like this, you know, the caramel's there and the vanilla's there. Mm-hmm. It's not super oaky by any means. And I noticed more oak on the old Bargetown. Oh, for sure. More toasted oak, but more oak. Yeah. Where like the color's about the same. Mm-hmm. I think this is a little, this is definitely lighter than 1792. Maybe a little bit lighter than the old Bargetown, color-wise. Color-wise, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I enjoy that. I think it's I think it's cool. Um, So one of the things that I love about almost or a lot of bourbon companies, I actually learned this from a distillery tour, Wilderness Trail. Uh, A lot of their bottles that came from like different 
barrel groupings or different uh, areas of the warehouse or maybe like a touch different mash bill or the yeast wasn't necessarily the same as the other ones. Uh, so on the Four Roses bottle, in the bottom right corner next to the size of the bottle, you have a series of letters and numbers. And I never noticed that. Yeah, so if you take a look at that, usually uh, the last couple letters or like the last number will show you which group and which uh, grouping of barrels that bottle came from. That's awesome. And so you can do comparisons, and you know, I know this the best because of Wilderness Trail, but you notice a lot in Wilderness Trail, like the T, the F, and the G. Okay. And they're all, they taste almost like different bourbons. Well, each warehouse will completely yeah. have a different oh, yeah. flavor. But it's all under the same label, sold as the same thing, but you can't, I mean, it's not something you can really regulate all that well. For some of those people who may not be used to what... Like, you know, the where in the warehouse and all that. It, think of this as a grid, all right? And you've got a grid with multiple floors. And each one has a different regular temperature and how young and old they tend to like to put it or let it age in that area and things of that manner. So especially with things like for a single barrel or in general single barrels, especially, you find those warehouses you like. Because this one might have more fruit note. This one might have more stone fruit note. This one might just be rich in caramel. So finding where in the warehouse you like. Like every master distiller has the warehouse they like taking from. Yeah, that's and how you get like the distillers select bourbons and exactly, stuff Exactly, like you know. And right. it's not like you've got a taster going in at exactly four years and tasting all of these and being like, all right, that's the perfect flavor, exactly what we're looking for. They're going around to all these anywhere between four, six, sometimes eight years, tasting out, pulling out, checking color, and being like, you know what? Yep. This is close enough. This is within the margin that we need it to be to put it into this bottle and sell it. As and now we're going to blend it with 200 other barrels. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, that's the bit, that's the cool thing though, is like, if you've never been on a tour and you've never walked into like the master taster's room, like... It's You're, a chemist lab. It's a chemist lab, as well as how strict they are on what what you can do before you walk in the room. Like no scented soaps, no lotions, mm -hmm. no no perfumes. Like as a master taster, I don't know of any who have ever smoked before. No, yeah. like it's intense walking that room, and you can feel it because it smells super clean. There is no like there is no other smell in that. Yeah, room. it's just sterile. Yeah. And it's like one of those moments and then like you will taste in there with them because like typically if you like when you're in the restaurant business they take you on a special tour and they're like these are the things you normally wouldn't see and walking to that taster's room and seeing like Maker's Mark did it I'm pretty sure for us where they like put like the the cap on the snifter glasses which yeah. is like the Glencairn and like you get to taste through each one or like this is the white dog this is blah yeah. blah you, you know could do that evolution up into yeah. like this is this is what we're most proud of. Yeah. This is our big thing and see how it evolves. Like, I love tasting whiskey, mm -hmm. but you can F that right in the B. I am not <laughs> sitting in that room and dealing with that moment of like how like how accurate you have to be with your palate. Yeah, it, it's insane. It's like uh, our, uh, we know the, one of the few like two or three star sommeliers in town named Davey. Yeah, uh, he came into the bar or one of the bars I used to run one day with a couple of sommelier buddies, and I had to ask because it's the same as being a whiskey or bourbon taster. Like how, like how do you identify these ridiculous notes? Like how do you pick, take a drink of bourbon or take a drink of wine and pick up on? Oh, this has like a pencil shaving. Uh, start with well, a like a number two finish. pencil. Yeah, and they're super specific about it. And I had to ask. I was like, "How do you do it?" And this girl or this woman looked me dead in the eyes and completely seriously just said, "Oh, I lick everything I pick up." And I just, <laughs> just looked at you like, "Excuse That's me." Insane. Like, yeah, mm, that yeah. tastes mm, like butt. Don't like that, but yeah. Now so, I know what that tastes like. She just said everything that I pick up. <laughs> Like, whether it's, like, I pick up a rock down by the river, or if I pick up a pencil, sometimes, like, stuff That's in my dangerous. car. Yeah, super dangerous game. But they, she licked everything she picked up to internalize just but really the thing specific is, flavors. But the thing is, with taste, 60% plus is smell. Why is oh, she not yeah. smelling these things? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know. You taste a little bit of gas, and you get it. But if you huff too much gas, you're never going to get it. Oh, my God. This smells like pink spray paint. <laughs> 
This reminds me of college. <laughs> you know, oddly enough, this tastes like cholera. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I know that you've never tasted it, but my laptop keyboard? <laughs> And the, three, and the three babies that had cholera that I licked, come on. Just <laughs> uh, so we will do a little bit of history for Four Roses and and Hacker Shore. Uh, do you want to start with beer, or do you want to start with uh, just a brief on the Four Roses? Let's do a brief on the Four Roses. Okay. So Four Roses is owned by the Kieran Brewery Company, based out of Japan. Real? I did not. How recent is that? Do you know? Ah, uh, so well, I'll get there. Hold oh, on. Oh wow! So their distillery, the distillery, is located in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and was built in 1910. Like, literally almost across from Wild Turkey. Yeah, like they're, they're in the backyards of each other. Yeah. yeah, they they actually share warehouses. Yeah, they do, which is it, and it will always be odd to me. Yeah, this uh, distillery is actually listed on the National Register of Historic Places, which I think is really neat. Mm-hmm. And it's a. Uh, so it's only sold in the U.S., Europe, and Japan. That surprises yeah, me. Yeah, which I thought, I mean, this is a, one of our staples. Like, yeah. every bar you go to in Kentucky, it has four roses. It has on. four roses, four roses single barrel, and small batch. Yeah. Like, every bar Almost you go to that has more than 20 bourbons, yeah. that's what you're seeing. Yeah. So it was allegedly, and this is contested, but it was founded, allegedly, by Rufus Matthewson Rose, which I love his name. What, say that again? Rufus Matthewson Rose. That needed a second one. Yeah. That was beautiful. Oh, it gets better on the names. And he named it in honor of his brother and two sons, Origin Rose. Which really? Is just, yeah, Origin like Rose. The so origin of this rose is I yeah. had sex with your mother. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you had Rufus, Origin, and their two sons, is which is where you got four roses. Okay. Well, see, I heard a different story. Yeah. When you go to the distillery, they tell a whole different story. Yeah, that's, that's because Kieran owns it now. So Kieran doesn't recognize that at all and refers to a Paul Jones Jr. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And says it was trademarked in 1888 and they say that it was started getting bottled and sold in the 1860s. But the whole thing was that like he met a lady mm-hmm. and said that I'm going to leave you four roses or yeah. show up with four roses yeah, or something two, like that. Two heavily contested, both equally yeah. ridiculous stories. But that's like saying, like, this is where bourbon began yeah. kind of moment. Yeah. Like, oh, was it Elijah Craig? Or was it down in New Orleans? Or, did, you know, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, it, blah. You know? But yeah, so, so that's, that's like the baseline, like how it started mm-hmm. happening. But what, what, I, what I like about them is that that mash bill moment, mm-hmm. they have different yeasts and they have different mash bills. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's only three different mash bills, five different yeast or something like yeah. that. But it all equates to about like ten different things you can get. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that they're like, no, watch what I can do. Like it's like me and you going, all right, this is a Tom Collins. Now watch me have fun. Yeah. You watch know? me flex for a minute. Yeah. You're gonna be like, I, that doesn't even it's not a recognizable Tom Collins, mm-hmm. but it's all those same base ingredients. I added a Amaro or yeah. whatever it is, you know. Like, oh, I floated Angostura on the top of my mojito. And, like, that We touch, should start doing that. I do. I, I, I like the idea of that. But I don't know if our customer crowd really is going to nail yeah. that one down. They're going to be like, I just wanted this. Like, sometimes when we don't beat the mint to a pulp, they get upset, they get upset because they don't taste that bitter mint. And I'm like, look, you don't need the bitter yeah, mint. Yeah, no one wants bitter mint. Like, you I, I put... Or, you know, or when you, you know, because we don't beat it up and then you put it on the nose and you put it in the glass yeah. as a garnish and then they just start shoving it down with their straw. Yeah. That's and you watch stuff. it happen like, no, <laughs> come back. <laughs> right. But I mean, with Four Roses, this is what they do. And uh, Jay Rutledge mm-hmm. was an incredible master distiller yeah. and doing the things that he did. And now uh, taking over Brent Elliott, dude, his picks, Elliott's picks. They're really good. Are insanely good. Like he like that's like what an eighty dollar bottle or something like that. Oh, easy. You know, and it's one of those like yes, I'll pay eighty dollars for that one. It's rare yeah. that I will taste something and go, I want that. Now, do I typically go buy that eighty dollar bottle? No, because that's not you know we work in an industry where it's like ups and downs and yeah. you only make so much money. So it's like no, I don't want an eighty dollar bottle just to sit there and stare at it and go, I'll, yeah. I'll drink that one day. Which that, it drives me nuts in the first place. People who do that. Like, we're, we're, we love bourbon. Yeah. We're big on bourbon. bourbon. We do a lot of, we drink a lot of bourbon and we have a lot of fun with bourbon. It does a lot for us. But, especially in Louisville, Kentucky, if you're not from here, you have this group of people who I so affectionately call 
huge bourbon nerds. Mm-hmm. Who they just go around, they're always like, oh, we single pick this barrel, we've got this group of guys, we don't I'm in care a bourbon about group. Yeah. We don't care about our wives or families, we care about bourbon. That's right. And they spend, My kids are second to my bourbon. Yeah. And they spend thousands, I'll take a little bit more, they spend thousands of dollars on bourbon like a month. Yeah. And then they never open it. It just sits in to their To brag house. to their friends. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is my collection. I've got three 23-year puppies. Yeah. You know what? I'm fine with Weller 90. Yeah. <laughs> they come into the bar and they want to educate you on bourbon. And it takes everything I can. If this wasn't hospitality, I would have kicked so oh. many people in the groin. Oh, dude. Boy, I would have made a lot of people feel bad. Oh, like, man. I would have ran, ran them in like, and make them feel guilty like a Jewish mom. Like... Seriously, because <laughs> like, look. Well, your cousin got a job at Hacker Shore, <laughs> and, and he's leading up to something here. But no, what it is is like, I, like one of my favorite stories in this moment. All right, so when I were to eight up, it's yeah. a hotel bar. Like people act like rules don't apply because you're a hotel bar. You're you're a bar right above the room because you're yeah. on the rooftop. So this guy comes in. It's like Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. He shows up. And he's got a glass of his own beer, right? So, or, no, he actually asked Brian for a glass. He goes down, comes back up with his own beer. And it was Dragon's Milk, which is oh, a beautiful a beer. Yeah. But you can't bring your own beer yeah. into a place, right? That's against so, the law. So he gets called out for it. He chugs his beer, gives us the glass back, starts ordering through us. But also drinks one of his bourbons that he gets. He gets, like, a high-end bourbon because yes. it has a name and it's super high-proof or whatever. Yeah. And this dude's, like, you know... Six six, three hundred pounds. Covered in chainsaws. <laughs> but so he he goes back down, comes back up, and he's had some barrel proof in his cup. And I was like, dude, I can tell from the color we don't have that. Yeah. You know, and he's like, fuck. So once again, I start selling him bourbons. I start going through yeah. our like high end lineups and like our barrel picks and I was like, dude, look. So we're one of two people that have an Angel's Every Barrel pick. And at that point, we were the first ones to have it. And it's so good. It was. It was less port forward, more bourbon mm-hmm. forward. It had more spice. It didn't get lost in the old fashion that we made with it. Like, it was great. But do you know what this guy's response is? Mm. I don't drink that garbage. It's too weeded for me. And because we know bourbon right. the way we do, we automa- I automatically just looked at him. I was, they didn't even answer. I just stared at him. Like... You don't know what you're talking about at yeah. all. You just buy big price tags. And that's why one of the things that I wanted to start this podcast, one of the reasons, is because of people like that. Like, you're buying it a $90 bottle because it's $90. When it should be $30, $35. Exactly. You know, that's like getting Henry McKenna for $150 now. Like, yes, yeah, I love nonsense. Henry McKinney. Henry McKinney. Henry, Henry McKenna. <laughs> but it's not worth over 50 no. You know what I mean? Absolutely and, not. And that's what I loved about bourbon. And then we got to watch the bourbon craze hit and the boom. And now people are paying that stuff and like, you know, treating it like scotch. I just don't like that. And this guy got under my skin so bad that the rest of the night, I wouldn't personally serve him anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I would like look at him. He would ask me something and I would walk away because he was always <laughs> yeah. right. And I was always wrong. And it didn't matter that I stood above at that point, over 300 bourbons, mm-hmm. like right above our head was that like hanging scary shelf. It was the worst shelf of all time. I, so I, because of that, <laughs> I used to test it all the time and see if it would even rock. I would do pull-ups on it to make sure, sh- like to with like. With the bourbon on it? With the bourbon on it. And the reason being though is because I didn't want, if I can't do a pull-up on it with that bourbon on it, I don't need to be underneath You're it. about to give me an aneurysm. Dude, I, but I worked construction forever. My dad's yeah, a master you, carpenter. Yeah. My brother's a, electrician you know what I mean like there's these moments where I'm like I understand what's going on here yeah. if I can't do a pull up on this with all that weight on it it doesn't need to be above I mean it probably had what like 1500 pounds 2000 pounds on it something like that all yeah. that glass all that glass oh, man, plus that, the weight of the, the shelf itself yeah. that was a super thick shelf that bar on it's own was horrible it yeah. was horrible it was thin it was short it was open on all sides all service wells on one side of the bar and all beers on another which means you faced one way the entire night and people screaming for you on the other side like oh now i've got someone facing me over here you didn't have an actual entrance into the bar (laughs) so a lot of bars you'll have like a swing door yeah a swing door that comes down that creates more bar this bar had that 
but it no wasn't hinge. cut. There was no hinge. It was just an <laughs> opening, like three or three and a half feet high, that you had to duck under, or yep. go over that's every right. time you came came into the bar. It was terrible. Oh, yeah, that's why I only worked there for like three days. I, I so worked like, there I for two this. years. Yeah, I don't understand. I, well, I get how you did it because well, you had left by the time I started. Yeah. So we I built really, something and dropped it. Yeah. By the time. So I really and dropped is almost a proper word for that because well because like like some people left and then what we were doing was some people left is an understatement there was a mass exodus that's when red herring happened yeah oh let's take the entire top end of this crew and start a bar that we all like better yeah but there is a problem with starting a crew with all a-lister bartenders it never works well it can the problem is is everybody gets in their own damn head mm-hmm. and thinks that they should be something or blah blah blah. Everyone's on top. Like, and the thing is, is like all the bartenders I was above because I was right Clay's right hand man. Mm-hmm. I was less tenured than them. I had yeah. less, you know, like years in it, and like I know that made a couple of them mad. But every job I do, I take over that way. Like, yeah. test me. Oh, I've do seen it. it. <laughs> I've seen it. But this is where I get called arrogant or pretentious and all that. And I'm yeah. like, look, dude, if you want to battle me, we'll battle. And you can call me pretentious and arrogant after yeah. that. But don't... Once, it, once I shut you down, then start just talking crap to people. Exactly. Just bring it on. Exactly. And, and there's, like, there's many of bartenders in the city that I will just sit there and fawn over. And, like, you know, hands on my chin, staring <laughs> at them, like, all wide-eyed, bushy-tailed and... You know, but then there's ones, and it's like you could know ten times more than me, but you are actually arrogant, or actually, you know, we we know which bartender I'm talking about, the dude yeah. who knows so much, but he's so arrogant and so self-involved that you don't want to hear his yeah. conversation. I know I've said this on here already before, but as a bartender or anyone in the service industry, hospitality industry, someone walks in the door, I'm here for you. Like, that's what service is. That's what hospitality yeah. is. You're not here because of what I think of myself. I'm here, and you're here to have a good time. And mm-hmm. I'm here to make sure you have a good time. And anyone who thinks they're above that needs to move into a different industry. Yeah. Like, I, there's very few bartenders I know that like people show up for them as a social following. As a yeah. social following, not as a drink yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. As a social following. We've got a and, few in town. Um, one worked at Butchtown Social for a while. Yeah. And, like, to be honest, he took what I thought would never thrive as a bar and really killed it. I mean, he took it as a so He made it a social scene yeah. is what he did. He didn't, like, oh, we're going to do this cocktail and this and that, yeah. which he kind of did. But you know Good what I mean? Good old butt sock. But, yeah, butt sock. Butchtown Social. <laughs> but what he did is he made it to where it was, like, it was, like, hipster haven Without being overly hipster, it was my girlfriend hated it. It's I. I'd rather go there than Galaxy. Well, and I, I love Galaxy. You got to think of people who aren't in the industry though, like people who aren't industry walking into a bar that's filled with industry folk, get upset. Yeah, because we're douchebags a lot of time because we're hanging out with each other mm-hmm. and we're we just got done putting on our happy face and our service face all day and doing this and we're I don't not want to do that necessarily anymore. the friendliest people when we're out at a bar no and so no, in general we're normally not friendly yeah. but when we when, when we walk behind that stage yes we yeah. are and then you know you have a civilian or someone who doesn't work civilian sir, yeah a civilian when you have a civilian walk are in, you a civilian sir yes <laughs> And they get, they get maybe crappy service, and they're surrounded by all these people. Like, no, they don't go back to those bars. But also, like, you, you can't close at one or two and be a service industry bar. No, you have to be up until four. You have to be up until four. And that's that. there's a thing. And that's why a lot of bartenders went to the secret under uh, uh, after-hours <laughs> bars. Old after-hours. Yeah, it's because, like, you know, you get, especially if you're the, the two to, to four bars... Like, you don't have time yeah. after cleaning and doing all that. Mm. Like, you now have no time to be social. Yeah. And, you know, part of your, your industry is drinking alcohol. So you want to go out and drink alcohol. Yeah. But it's like either go to a house party or, you know, bring 10 people back to your house. And then you, that means you have to clean your house yeah. and, like, all that. To, you know, to be honest, like, it's not worth it. Go to, like, get your last call at a bar and then hit the after-hours bar. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying, you know... All the things are great at the after hour bar. No, almost but, nothing is. Good. Yeah, but you can get a, a okay price drink at one flat oh, rate. Man, we went to and different drink after hours bars. 
I was paying like nine dollars for a Heineken and playing poker with Armenian dudes. I paid four fifty or something like that for some Jim Beam Black and no. ginger ale or something. Because yeah, we you don't order anything fancy at those yeah, bars. We went to a different place. Yeah. Well, let's get no, into this I beer. Think, I think we know what we're talking about. But yeah, yeah. I know. Um, let's get into this beer, Hackershore. All right. Hackershore is a German beer made in Munich. Um, it is actually the closest thing to an original Marzen Oktoberfest. What's a Marzen? Marzen is a beer. <laughs> so Marzen is a beer that's, if you know like ambers and things like that, it's going to be close flavor profile to that. But it's made between, let's see here, I want to make sure I get the actual dates right. So September 29th and April 23rd. Anything else is forbidden due to the fact that the temperature has to be a certain temperature during a time of year and that you would make a boatload for it. And mm-hmm. it, at the, what's really cool about this too is like when they're doing these Oktoberfest is is a Marzen, Oktoberfest is a Marzen beer. But when they were doing the Oktoberfest slash Marzen beers, they did so much of it in that short amount of time. But at the end, they would add a higher gravity to it so it would have a longer shelf life mm-hmm. so by the time you're drinking it later on in like early summer that still good. it's still good yeah. you know obviously beer does lose flavor but you know Got back then especially I mean this was in 1539 so refrigeration was not a commonplace thing right you didn't have cold beer your refrigerator and the, getting anything cold involved like buying ice from somewhere, throwing your or stuff digging in into the ground, it, or digging or burying it, which that doesn't get things very cold. No. What I love how this beer is like a different hue, but the same general color as the Four Roses. It is. It's like a light bit darker, but yeah. like right there at it. And yeah, to be honest, just hit the hue slider on the Four Roses, and you've got this is a super solid Oktoberfest. Like most people it's know, it's a super solid beer, just flat. Yes, yes. I see. I I will drink a Marzen any time of year, mm-hmm. and to be honest, like I would too, honestly. It's one of my preferred types of beers if I'm just drinking beer, especially. Like it's got enough full body. It's got a lot of rich caramels. It's got the. It's it's at five point eight percent, so it's not a light beer, but it's not a heavy beer. Yeah. You know, it's like right this perfect in between, lightly sweet. Not really any bitter. This and that's why you can do like a whole stein of it <laughs> and just crush it. And take shots of feigling and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've ever had feigling. Feigling is absolutely delicious. But so how I reference it's a pl- a German plum liqueur. Yeah. How I like to reference the flavor. You remember those like mouthwash fluoride packs you had to do in school? Yeah. Similar to that, but in a positive way. That's a tough sell with that sentence, Joe. I love those packets. Yeah, that's the thing. But you right. you'll like it because it's it's like it's it's not an overly sweet liqueur because yeah. it's only like forty proof or something like that, and it's the only shot from what I understand that you'll do during Oktoberfest. Really? Because you drink so much beer, you don't need you shots. You don't have of room that. for shots. You don't have room for shots. You don't need to be that drunk. I mean, think about this: if you're drinking all day at a folk fest, which Oktoberfest is. Uh, the largest folk fest in the world. Matchup's yeah. good, isn't it? Oh, man. Um, you, you missed it because we're not doing video yet, but I took a sip of the beer and a sip of the bourbon and threw my hands up. Oh, like, yeah. I was right. This is so good. Oh, yeah. But wait, wait, I, was, I was saying something about yeah, this. folk fest. Folk, folk fest. fest. It's the largest folk fest. And if you're drinking all day, you don't want a you know 9% beer no, and, not doing a, and a shot of, of 80 proof liquor. Like, you're not lasting all day. You're yeah. lasting till 10 o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning, and then you're the first one to pass out. <laughs> you know, so. At 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. Because you started at, you know, 9. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> but like, that's what I love about these beers. It's so much flavor. Yeah, they are really good. And I mean, I'm, again, not a huge beer guy. Like, I'm not big on beer. I, yeah, I know. Oh, the, the match combination is amazing. That's the best matchup we've had so far. Oh, easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. We're going to have to remember this one in the future. Like, not this, just for ju- us, but we're going to have to reference to this back to this oh, matchup yeah. in the future. Oh, yeah. And Brian's going to have to struggle, which, again, rest in peace, Brian, just for the month of September. October Roses. Octo- <laughs> October Roses. <laughs> I mean, uh, if 
if Derby had been pushed back another month, you could we could have oh, done an event dude. called the Run for the October Roses, where we have a race around the building, and the winner gets a free pitcher of beer and a glass. But of you have to chug a beer at the end. Yeah, it's like a or beer beginning mile. and end. You chug yeah, it's it like and a then beer then... mile, but just around. The <laughs> we'll have to remember that. For How the many people are gonna eat crap under the concrete? <laughs> Not enough. You must wear a helmet during this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we've got some. Oh man. So the first Oktoberfest mm-hmm. was in 1810. I mean, that's right? not too long before the uh, Four Roses hit. Right. So this is like, you got to think about this. This is like a coming of age of commercial alcohol, too. Because at that point, yeah. you can internationally ship at a decent pace. You can uh, advertise internationally at that point through newspaper, paper ads. Mm-hmm. The, that era's billboards, Gutenberg like you know, posters, huh? Gutenberg Revolution. Yeah, exactly. Where things were in print. People could read. Yeah, the average person could read. Yeah, you know, comparatively to like sixteen ten, which no one could read at that point. You yeah. had your scribes still. Yeah, you, you it know, was monks who just rewrote, right? Copied which things the Gutenberg was created in the sixteen hundreds, right? Or Gutenberg, the press. Uh, Gutenberg printing press was. Gonna think like I remember, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, 1650s, 1660s, something like that. Yeah, and I'm I mean, not 100% sure, don't yeah. quote me on that one. Now, you know, if if you email us and tell us the real date, we'll recap that on the next one. Yeah, we'll put you, um, we'll, we'll shut you up. But I'm not necessarily <laughs> concerned on looking that one up just because yeah. it's a not important to the alcohol. Maybe it was earlier. I don't, the Gutenberg Bible was like, I feel like that was 14s. It might have be been. I mean, I to know. be honest, 14. I know I've seen it. You know what? I have a laptop right in front of me. So because yeah, I, I saw the Gutenberg Bible when I was in Paris, or when I was in France, I think, and it was I feel like it was older than that. So Gutenberg Printing Press. Come on, come on, come on! Kevin's got to win one. Fifteen sixty-eight. How take early it. wooden print printing press? Yeah. So, so we yeah. were basically yeah. So, so that is the sixteen hundred. Yeah, sixteen hundred yeah, yeah, would yeah. be the Gutenberg Revolution. Yeah, we were Killed right. It. Yeah, look Yay. at us go. I wasn't too high during school. <laughs> <laughs> I was just high enough. Oh man. All right, but like this this pairing, dude. This this oh, pairing yeah, has, uh, has been killing it. That's um, phenomenal. This this goes like together like two nun spaghetti. You know what I mean? Like gefilte fish and rice. I mean, I'll take that. You could have said anything in rice. Be like, All right. <laughs> I'd say gefilte fish because I would never I, eat it's it. It's a great word. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't eat fish. No, nothing in the water. It's 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 one of the reasons I didn't drink tequila for a long time, because it gets in your olfactory and sticks there. Oh yeah. This is yeah. why I don't like mezcal. This is why I don't like overly smoky scotches. When it sticks in that yeah. olfactory, which if you're olfactory. If, Olfactory. Olfactory. That's what I'm saying. I, okay. I, I feel like I am. There's an L, there's it's O L F. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Olfactory. Olfactory. All right. I'm sorry. No, I, right. I, I no, do. It's fine. No, I have an accent. I have an accent. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, I, mm, all right. But uh, <laughs> olfactory. It doesn't. The o, Yeah, you're right. The O L is not there. Could it be an owl factory? Owl. You know what? Yes, this is. is that where Potter. owls come from? Yes. I would like my message delivered by owl, please. Have you ever seen an owl nest? They do. They they don't nest. They they well they go in trees. Well, they, I figured they would have to build a it's nest. It's a nest, quote unquote, but it's within a tree. It's kind of like a woodpecker or a squirrel. Or whatever. Oh, it's like a hole. It's a hole yeah. in a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the fang. Yeah. I mean, you didn't watch Legends of Guardian. Uh, no, I read the Guardians of Gahul book when I was a children. Is that what Legends of the Guardians is based off of? Like yeah, the owl? with the owls and the, their warriors. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love That's those an awesome movies. movie. I, I never dude, saw the movie because the books were so good. No, dude, there's a scene. So they use CGI, and there's a scene where they're... they're Why teaching, not use real owls? But the thing is that there's a... <laughs> dude, it's so awesome. So they're teaching the owl how one of the owls to fly, and he ends up being like the great owl kind of Yeah, moment. no, I, I know and, the story. And he, when he's flying through the rain, and there's like this vortex, and he's learning to push with and against winds yeah. and stuff, and the rain is hitting their feathers, 
and they start slowing it down in slow mo and all this stuff and it like gives you chills you're like that moment where you're building and you're learning and you're like but the visual of it as well as how the rain hits the individual feathers and the detail they put into it is insane it's kind of like how these master distillers are putting into that <laughs> bourbon you know what i mean but Good like full circle <laughs> but i feel like that's moment. what we're gonna take if we're gonna take flag about anything Truville, i feel like it's gonna be you enjoying the guardians of the Pool movie oh yeah because i know from just my internet life that people hated it the movie was awesome. I, I but I'm, I also I'm love, gonna have to watch it now. I love like underdog story, great animation, kid movie or family movies. Yeah, it yeah. You know, it, it's one of those it's like it doesn't matter who you're around, it's not offensive. It's yeah. not like watching Lords of Dogtown where you're like, I'm about to offend everybody in this room. I wanna go can we go watch Lords of Dogtown after this? I should I think I have it at home still. Do you really? Yeah. I had to pirate it. No, I, I have lost on my DVD. Copy. Yeah. Oh, you love it. DVD, DVD, DVD. Was it Jim Jeffries did a whole yeah. stand up bit on that? John the Joy. But, like, it's like great movie. What I was saying is, like, just like that, you know, yeah, just that like the detail. Well, just, just like that Attention detail they put detail. it to. Yeah, and that's what it takes. And I, I agree that Four Roses on all aspects, aspects, have this they they their intention to deal because they make an affordable bourbon yeah that's eight to twelve years old that tastes great it's, I didn't know I didn't know it was in that age range yeah I thought it was less no. no it's one of the older blends on the market that's that's phenomenal first off like that, yeah. that is an amazing feat yeah continues yeah um, <laughs> so this is a fifteen percent rye mm-hmm. All, well. Dude, with this mash bill, yeah. I believe this mash bill is fifteen percent rye. It might be the small batch, but they have because they have so many different ones. It's hard to yeah, remember. It, it's and, hard to keep track, especially uh, since they like it's used in so, like it. It's all over the place. Yeah, and so if you do the math, you've got hundreds of different combinations that can come but down to do what's in your bottle right now, yeah. and then it all gets blent like yeah. Mixed You're like together. we can do all these things. We have fun. Here's ten. Yeah. But that's a Maker's Mark Private Select Barrel. They are really good about that. So instead of how you would normally pick a private barrel, Mm -hmm. you go in and you sit down at this giant wood table. And it's like this sexy, like, I paid too much for my boardroom moment. I like a good table. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. There's like fucking 20 chairs at it. But... You know, you sit down, and then they give you a taste of all these bourbons, or these whiskeys, aged with different types of oak at different char levels, different toast levels. Can they do different types of oak? Yeah, there's four French and one American. But it's all white oak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, it's not that, different yeah, types of oak. That was my question. Like a red um, oak or... But it's French oak and American oak. And then they, because they went to a winemaker, you know, winemakers have been playing yeah. with how they toast and char and all that stuff for a long time. Where we've been going, this is how it is done. Yeah. You must not break this mold. We have the machine that does it. And we step on the pedal and toast <laughs> exactly. the barrel and here you go. And here's your video of how yeah. it happens. But like, welcome to Old Forest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in downtown Old Forest. But I do appreciate that they do like some of the Cooperage moment at the Old Forester. I do too, nice. but I wish they. If you're gonna go into it, go into it more. Give give. But us they don't more. have room. I, well, then, all right. Yeah, all right. You know, that's like going to the Evan Williams experience. Yeah. And being like, there's not a bourbon making here. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> so, on the Old Forester one, I went there for a bachelor party not too long ago. Ooh. And yeah, not my bachelor. How many strippers? Uh, maybe the tour guide. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a moment because he was walking around with no pants. Yeah, we don't know what happened. I'm not super sure. It, may, it was a religious thing. But she she was talking about oh yeah, an old Forester 100 or the signature is perfect for an old fashioned. And here's the recipe for it. And all of the guys in the bachelor party like stopped pivoted and looked at me because <laughs> they're all civilians none of them work in the industry yeah. and they just wanted to see what i had to say about this tour inclusive old-fashioned it was probably trash which included two ounces of bourbon all right i'm with you so far mm-hmm. four dashes of angostura get out of here and an ounce of simple syrup get out 
And so they stopped, pivoted, looked at me. She said that, and if my eyes rolled any harder, <laughs> I would be looking at my own sphincter. It would have also made a physical sound. Yeah, it was bad. It was a. It was not a great time. So when I went, um, it was similar, but I just went with my lady, who also knows a good amount of bourbon. Who um, might be joining us here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that is very possible. Uh, due to the fact that Brian's not going to be here, we need other guests. As well as we'll, we'll have guests later on, too. Yeah. So, you know, this is it's going to be fun. You know, you, you might get to see two people just make fun of me the entire podcast. Um, oh, when when Jack, when his oh, lady yeah. Jackie gets here, that's oh, what's yeah. going to happen. But Jackie anyway, and so I are bros. I, I, go, I go down, because, like, when you walk in, you know, you go to the check-in, and they take you downstairs and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And immediately she starts, like, just firing out information yeah. in, a, in an appropriate tour guide way. Like, yeah. it was, she was really good at what she did. Yeah. Um, but I, like, answered questions that weren't questions. And, that was a mistake, Chad. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. They're like, you know, and the year that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow. You know, <laughs> 1897, bottom, bottom, you know. And so because I answered, like, I, I want to say, like, five different, like, non-question questions. Yeah. Because she does, it was kind of rhetorical, but like if you knew, you could, she could tell she gave space for that kind yeah. of answer. And after that, she was like, well, you know probably everything I know. So we're going to go through here and just kind of shoot the breeze. Yeah. And I was like, I like that. That's nice. This is cool. And I get to say things and then she gets to say things. You know, like, I would be a tour guide if you made more money. Right, <laughs> you would be a great tour guide, but your tours would take a long time. Hi, welcome to sixteen hundred. <laughs> We're gonna begin yeah. at the beginning. I can see you sounding like just an automated recording of a tour, mm-hmm. and just and welcome to Old Forester. <laughs> As you turn to the left, you may see a picture of bourbon. And back to the right, the man with the mustache will be your tour guide. <laughs> uh, you know how many times I've been told I look like George Garvin Brown? I, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Probably so, a few. So for those who don't live in Louisville, there's a giant, giant photo multiple spaces across the city that says, this is my Louisville kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's different, different like celebrities yeah. and athletes and people who made it themselves who came from Louisville. Yeah, and one of them is Colonel George. Sanders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh there there's a news lady. Oh yeah. god, who was there's it? There's a rower? Yeah. On one of them. Uh, Pat Day. Players. I love Pat, Pat Day. Yeah. Uh, but so one of them is George Cotton Brown and because he's got this mustache that is kind of similar to mine. Uh, not even like on point. It's just kind of it, similar. It, it is so and he has short similar. hair and slightly similar facial facial features. And I feel like it's one of those like you look like that other white dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like yes, okay, cool. And that's even from old Forster workers. Like yeah. I, when I did the tour, they were like, "You look like George Gavin Brown." All okay. right, so we're at the point where we've got to take our brains, take a number. And put it down onto this bourbon and beer. It's rating time, baby. Around the rating time. It, it's there. We're there. Me, me, me. So we've got... All right. How many glasses of Four Roses have you had? Two. Four. Two, four? Three or four. Four. Three? You've had three. Because I just poured my third. Okay. Yeah, and I was one ahead. Yeah, so okay. you're, you're about half a pour of that ahead of me. We've drank about half a glass of this beer. We've done them back to back. Oh, so back to back, this is yeah. gonna be the best rating. Yeah, of all yeah, of hands so far. down, hands down. It's this the the savory sweetness of Four Roses mm. with that like rich beer. I think it, it works super well because Four Roses is a little bit flat. Yeah, you're right. I actually agree with that. Yeah, with the carbonation level that's on this, which is like out of a ten, I give this like a four on carbonation, and I think that's what gives it that that moment mm. with that one like. One and a half dimensional bourbon, yeah, with that like nice rich caramel and beer, it, and it works in either direction yeah. as well. Like I started out like bourbon and then beer, like you know a normal person, yeah, and then <laughs> I swapped over to try it the other way, beer and then bourbon, and it works really well both ways. Yeah. So do you want to start? You sure? I'll All go right. first. All right. So on the bourbon, I swear I, if you go anywhere past point five today, I'm gonna flip the table. I'm doing. A point three three. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so what I was going to say is like with this bourbon, this has been a go-to bourbon for me for a long time. This is actually uh, my lady Jackie, her one of her favorite go-to bourbons. And what, when I say go-to, I mean like affordable, yeah. not like I make $150,000 a year affordable. I'm talking like I make under $60,000 a year affordable. Normal person yeah. affordable. This one at, what is it, 24 a bottle, I think? It ranges anywhere between 18 and 23. Okay. 18 and 24. Yeah. With tax, blah, blah, yeah. you know, all that stuff. But within that price range, this is a great bourbon. Yeah. The, the flavors there, like we said, it's kind of one-dimensional, but not quite so one-dimensional that you don't want to drink it. It's not like, I just need to put ginger ale on this. I'm going to give this a six. Now, okay. I, I give this a six... But it's, a, it's like a super solid six, breaching on seven, you know. What did you give 1792? An eight. An eight? All right. I like I like the softer body, more yeah. complexity, rather than, like, because for me, if you're going to have a bourbon like this, like, I want a hint more complexity with this, and I that would this would be at a nine if it had more complexity. Oh, yeah. You know? If, but, if you could just... If the flavor was just a, three hint, steps to the right. Hint, hint more spice. Yeah. You know, of that, like, that cinnamon, almost big red moment. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. oh, dude, this would kill it. But this is sitting at a six. For your paper, I will not do a .5 today. You can't. I'm not. I mean, I'm going to just I'm, give I'm you. I'm 6.5. There you go. See, there you go. Now I can uh, talk trash to you. That's <laughs> well, all you I'm know, you talk trash to trash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like, I mean, you just finished on Roller Academy. I'm gonna drink this bourbon here. It's gonna be great. I got 14 kids. I've been smoking for seven years. You just finished Umbrella Academy. I'm about to finish it. It's just like Klaus said. I'm not a hero, baby. I'm sexy trash. That's right. Yes. And by the way, if you don't know, that especially in second season of Umbrella Academy, Kevin looks so much like Klaus, it is unreal. Yeah, we'll post a picture with my hair down. One of these soon. days. We'll, we'll it, do it soon. We'll it's going to be... <laughs> we'll put him in a Hercules outfit. Yeah, it's a That's lot. Great. Like, I get it almost every day, sometimes from people I don't know. Yeah, so, so imagine for me, anything that's referenced to a mustache... If my mustache is out and it's actually curled, because right now, mm -hmm. during the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, I'm not yeah. curling as much. Yeah, no reason to. But Yeah, exactly. But uh, when I go out with the mustache out, it's insane how many people just make any name or comment of any kind of mustache-related yeah. character ever. All right, so now... The beer. I've rated the bourbon. The bourbon's at 6.5. The beer... Like I said, this is one of my favorite types of beers... Uh, and especially even for this type of beer, this beer is solid. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is hard to take a beer from one dimension without, without being over the top. Without barrel aging and making it a $10 glass of beer. Uh, that's 9% yeah. and all that because it's kind of like wine. Like wine's got an intense flavor, mm -hmm. so it's easier to do that. You know, you can have, you know, a 12% wine and it's intense, or a 9% wine, and it can still be kind of intense. Yeah. Where beer, you know, this is what was, what did I say, 5.8 or something like that? Yeah, something uh, like that. It, you know, especially in that range, it's it's complex enough, and it does the job of quenching your palate without being something like a goza or a sour. Which is where the opposite like, of last week for you. Right. Yeah. Is it, uh, you said last week, like, it's... A fine beer, but it doesn't quench your thirst. It doesn't give you the liquid you need. Exactly, but this does. Yeah. You know, would. but you don't have to take in as much. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're drinking a clean lager, uh, a nice soft sour, or a really crisp Goza, the Anderson Valley GT Goza that they don't do anymore, my do they favorite. Not make that no, they don't make it anymore. They haven't made it in like three years. That's fine. I've been That's trying fine. to find it. I tried to order it. It didn't work. Right. So on this beer, I give this beer an eight. Now, I know it's a heavy one, but also I, there, there's, there's factors I'm considering. And I, Time of year. Yeah. Flavor profile. Historic presence. Exclusivity. Exclusivity. Like, to be honest, it wasn't just easy to get this. No. It, it's one of those, like, you have to wait. All right, so 
I've got an 8 and a 6, so that puts me at 14. 14.5. Yeah, four, that's right. 14.5. As a combo. Yeah. Combo. Out of what, like, I'm trying to just say it out of comparison of what we had so far. I'm also going to give this an 8. Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird because it, normally I, like, kind of grip down on that moment where, like, they're so good together they make your mouth salivate. Yeah. Like, Russell's 10-year and Rogue Dead guy. Jesus Christ. That's that not is something we'll ever be able to do. Not here. here. Well, no. We could do that because we don't price the beer. That bourbon is still under $40. All right. That's fair. To be honest, if we ever do that, I might I might pull a, a card and be like, we have to do Rogue Dead Guy with Russell's that's fine. But, like... It's, it matches so well. Yeah. Like, it, it, it slightly makes your mouth water, but not over the top. Yeah. All right, Kevin. So, for me, uh, Kevin's rating. Four roses, yellow, four roses, regular, whatever you want to call it. As a bourbon overall, like, I love it, but not because it's great. Yeah. I love it's it because it is what it is, and it fits the shoe that it belongs in. It's so, not a uh, Cinderella stepsister. It is, yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it's not. So, Why does that shoe not fit? <laughs> I'm gonna cut my toes off. So have you I, clipped your nails lately? <laughs> so I'm gonna give uh, Four Roses uh, flat a five. Okay. Like it's yeah, not real good average. Yeah. It's fine. And I'm averagely higher than everyone else. Yeah. I and also I, think that's because I love bourbon. So I feel much. like I'm a little bit more critical than you and Brian. I I actually appreciate. Yeah, a lot of that from you. Yeah, I mean I, that's how I am. Well, you, you do that in all aspects of everything. For like sure. When, you, when you're talking cocktail, when you're talking yeah. bourbon beer, it doesn't matter. As everyone always takes, the, people love to take the positive side of it, and I don't mind. I'm never gonna say I never played devil's advocate. I wouldn't I call you a positive or negative. You're analytical. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. So this beer, the Hacker Shore Oktoberfest. Mm. Uh, as a guy that you all know already, I'm not a huge beer guy, and the beers that I do love are dark. They're stouts. They're imperial stouts. Rich, They're bold. Rich, huge, like, Your meal of a beer. Other than being super hoppy, it, 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 it is a, like, if you had a meal with it, it's the prominent flavor. Yes, absolutely. Those, those are my beers. Yeah. Dark uh, beer and a pork chop. Dark beer, yeah, dark beer and a pork chop. Uh, this I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give a seven. Nice. Uh, That's a solid rating for you. Yeah, especially for a beer for me. I love the flavor of this. I love how easy it is to drink, and I feel like I could have. Or I, I mean, I chose this bourbon. I feel like I could have picked anything to pair with this because this is just a very inclusive beer. Oh, yeah. It's made to be eaten with schnitzel. It's made to be eaten bratwurst right with now, so bratwurst bad. or with sauerkraut and these very German things that are really strong flavors. I feel like you could do anything with this beer. Yeah, you could have and, a hot bourbon, a yeah. soft bourbon. It, I, I agree with that. It's phenomenal. I agree it's with phenomenal. that. There's, there's not much that I would say wouldn't, bourbon-wise... Yeah that wouldn't match up with this beer. Yeah, absolutely. But it hits I, I those same like it's notes. Almost, it's the it's the beer uh, the bourbon of beers. Yeah, that, that that's what yeah. I was about to get at. I feel like it could it could match up and you could have this as a chaser with any bourbon you want to have. Low class, high class, yeah. low dollar, high dollar, and if you were to like I know it's not what it actually tastes like, but if you were like, hey, I know that distiller's beer turns into bourbon, what would distiller's beer taste like if you've never yeah. tasted it? In your head, this is what it would taste oh, like yeah. because, like this, intensify those flavors. You have bourbon. Yeah, yeah. So as a combination, I feel like you've already gotten a little bit of that out of us. We talked about it early. As a combo, I'm gonna give this an eight. Oh, are we on the same page? We are on the same page Holy on this one. Holy moly! Which I don't feel like that will happen often at all. But this is an eight for me as a combination. If you're out there and listening to us, and you have the opportunity to get Hacker Shore and a bottle of you four roses, you can get this yellow, at the store. Yeah, this you is can available. you can buy it at the store. It's fine. If you run a bar, order it, put it on the menu. It's tell people this. to listen to us, and they'll buy this. But <laughs> this combination is 
easily my favorite combo that we've had so far. Oh, yeah. I know we're only four episodes. Well, and, and the thing is, it's not that the other ones are bad. In, no. in, or well, the other well pro- a couple of them well, were not No, no that the other products were bad. You know, and this is why I really think that a beer and a shot is an art. It's just it like being a cocktail bartender, figuring out what flavors match yeah. with each other. Because I had a shot of a ginger liqueur with a goza one day. Because someone ordered me a beer and a shot combo and said, make it the gayest thing you can have. And we, I would order that for you. Yeah, exactly. You know who ordered that? Brian. All right. Yeah. We were at... Uh, He's uh, still here in spirit. An, an Asian-influenced restaurant. I would say Asian-influenced because it still kind of has that American feel to it a little bit. Joy luck. Oh, yeah. Um, but he ordered me... They, they have a $10 beer and a shot special. Basically, you can order anything you want. Good board. Anything you want. So, like, you're going to get a shot of it, but it's not like... Yeah. I used to do uh, uh, the, uh, was it Petrus barrel-aged red with uh, Diplomatico rum. That sounds really good. <laughs> and talk about a deal at $10. Yeah. Jesus. But that, that kind of like pairing moment, this is the only time that in my head, other than the rogue dead guy in Russell's tenure, that it works that well. Like, it's just yeah. like... You're nitpicking to find flaws in this moment. That's fair. Yeah. Well, let's... It's, it's like that moment where you're like, yeah, you got a job, but you, you work at a convenience store. Like, can, can, I, can, can you at least work at a department store? Like, I want a discount at Macy's. There's a family dollar on the corner. <laughs> you could be the manager. I want right. you to be a manager. I feel that you're that way. So let's talk. So we got our ratings out of the way. Ratings done. Let's. So again, uh, as far as choosing goes, it's just you and me next week. And I was bourbon, you, and Brian was beer. Do you want bourbon or beer? Mm. Yeah. It That's is a it. tough decision. Oh man. Because we've got some good stuff in right now. Well. And we can have even more good stuff in. Ooh. Don't, hey. don't taunt me with a good sign, you <laughs> big boy. Um, you know what? I'll take bourbon. You want to uh, do bourbon? Or, you All know, right. wh- why I'm saying that I is because... I took bourbon last. Well, the fair. thing is, is that you know this is a chance for you to break in and yeah. like kind of challenge your mind with beer. Yeah. So hit me with your, bur- hit me with your bourbon and let me pick a beer. My bourbon. Yeah. Okay. So give me, give me a second for this. All right. Well, I'll... Uh, you know what? I'll go with beer first then. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do. You know what? I want to go with against the grain 35k. Going dark beer. I'm going dark Thank beer. You that, for, that's my. You're the one that's gonna go dark. Yeah, I'm the only one who's gonna go dark. It's my style of beer. I want to see how that goes. And yeah, it's gonna be a tough bourbon to pair with that because the dark beer is a heavy flavor. It's a lot on the palate. What's it gonna be? You know what? Yeah. It's not a bourbon. It's not a, a whiskey. Bourbon? All right. The whiskey, it's still under $40. It's kind of hard to find. Okay. Dickel Bottle and Bond. Oh, man. I just, I it's really so think it's like about $35 a bottle. I think that that cinnamon cereal spice is going to match with that milk stout so well. Now, it, it, I might get in trouble for this one for my bosses on uh, picking a bottle out of this one that's harder to find. Well, we've got, we've got two of them, right? we got two. We got two. We'll be all right. Yeah, sure. So, Dickel uh, Bottle, <laughs> Dickel Bottle and Bond, and against the grain, thirty-five k. Yeah. Sale. So, so to preface for next week's episode, uh, Jack Daniels, Dickel, both of them really kind of still fall under that bourbon category. They yeah. just do the the Lincoln County process, which is mellowing, which we'll go into next week. Yeah, and obviously. Jack, Jack does the charcoal filter. Well, that's the, the Lincoln County. Is that what? Okay. Lincoln County. We'll process. talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll have all our information yeah. next week. Um, but I, I, I think that this is going to work well. I think for a dark beer and a bourbon, like we're going to get not quite this match that we had this week. I don't think. Well... But it's gonna be close. The, the 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 thing is, is you're gonna have sweetness and then spice. Yeah. So like, I think it's gonna work well. So I I think, I think next week will be a close second, or it, it possibly rivaling this week's. I agree. 
Because that dark dark beer paired with bourbon, like flavor wise and palate wise. You know what's crazy? This is a second against the grain beer we've had. I know. And well, we had lunch at Against the Grain today. Yeah, I just bought a new Against the Grain hat. That's maybe. right. <laughs> if you're going to follow us on Instagram, you will see him in that hat very soon. I always wear hats. Um, I have a huge forehead, guys. <laughs> I have to wear hats. Huge forehead, long hair. Yeah, huge forehead, long hair. I'm 6'4", 140 pounds. I'm like the Gumby of bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, my God. That, that does us for this week. Thank you for listening to us. I'm glad I got did this week. I'm glad you got did this week, too. Oh. Someone has to. I feel relaxed now. Yeah. You need a cigarette? I need a cigarette. That's fair. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been And Then There Was Corn. And Then There Was Corn. I'm Kevin. I'm Chad. And we'll see you next week. Good night. And that's how the cookie crumbles. <laughs>